to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about GN, the sophomore record by a Chicago band called Rat Boys, and it starts out like this. that we wanted to talk about Rap Boys was not just because I really like this album and I think it's very charming, but it's an opportunity to right past wrongs. When we were at South by Southwest this past year, uh, Rap Boys were on my list of bands I wanted to see, and we were able to get in to see them at the Sidewinder Inside, which is a very small, intimate stage. And they were really fantastic. I love Julia Steiner's voice. We saw them play like the first two songs, and Adam starts needling me because he wants to go see a band that was across the street and he felt that he had heard enough. And I said, I really, I'm really enjoying this. Can you just, can we just not do that? Because we had already, you know, we make our plans of who we're going to see. I have a very complicated schedule, but he was insistent. So we stayed for one more song and then he left. Then we left. And of course the band that we went to go see was far inferior at Cheer Up Charlie's Across the Street. I continue to regret that we didn't get to see the rest of the Rap Boys set. And then They're touring now for this record, but of course, they're only touring out east and in the Midwest, and they're not coming anywhere near San Francisco. So (laughs) I thought the least we could do is talk about this record on the podcast. I felt bad at the time, and now having heard the album and really gotten a better sense. And there can be times in the chaos of a festival that uh, one's senses are dulled or confused, and that was the case there, because, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. So Uh, anyway, (laughs) this first song is called Molly. We try not to read too much into the meaning of the lyrics and the authorial intent, but what did you think it was about? I'd love being put on the spot, but I think, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I've been reading the lyrics and trying to think through it, and it does, to me, it's about kind of this finding of magic in the ordinary and about how perspective, because there's this this basic conceit that opens the song, which we heard, is her being kind of at the ice rink, and she goes over to Molly, and Molly's friends have abandoned her, and she she's not skating very confidently, yet Molly looks at her like, you're on a rocket ship, like, compared to me, and that you can be inspiring to people even when you don't believe in yourself. And, I mean, it kind of goes on where she's, like, hanging out with Molly, and then it's like someone comes up to her, and it's totally not clear, but then again, this, like, this, this ordinary thing of being an ice skates becomes the rocket ship. And then it seems like some sort of 
Sue Palumbo, whoever that is. But then it becomes like, oh, I'm fighting a, I'm fighting okay. a dragon. Like it, it's, and so it's that notion of like inspiring someone and finding that magical inspiration, even in the ordinary. Yeah, and I think that's a... It's a fun way to start an album. Yeah, and I think that it sets up the theme that a lot of these songs are about kind of personal relationships and intimacy and the meaning of having a close relationship with friends and animals and your family and the importance of that. And it's very personal. And I, I feel like her voice is so kind of pretty and high and um, mixed with the kind of muscular guitars that makes a really great combination yeah this song that to start it's just yeah it's her voice is amazing and then it's a pretty like conventional kind of poppy rock song or so it seems and yet even on this first track there's kind of this opening up like there's not really a chorus there's something that sounds like a chorus we heard there and yet then that's never repeated and then there's all these pauses it really quiets down there's an extended guitar solo there's a lot in here and we're just getting started on this album (laughs) So let's go ahead and play the next song, which is my favorite on this record, and it's called Elvis is in the Freezer. This song goes even more in that pattern. You know, I talked about how the previous song didn't have choruses. Well, this, it really doesn't have choruses. It just has these instrumental sections, which are delightful, introducing these horns and pedal steel guitar and straight up guitar solos. And all of that is just sort of, as you said, very muscular. And then it's a contrast to this so sweet voiced verses that are just so sad. And the prettiness that she brings to this table does take some of the edge off of just this heartbreaking song about saying goodbye to a pet. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like I love the way that it's the story is kind of told and the fact that she's focusing on that he's in the freezer is this kind of like silly weird element of real life that grounds it where you can get lost in like the memory and like the you know we we've together had the fortune of having animals that live to a elderly old age and having to put them to sleep. And you just think about like when you brought them home and when they were puppies or when they were little and like, just the fact that like now he's in the freezer and like that, that's it. I don't know. I felt like it had, it added an element of realism that this could have been very sort of syrupy and it's so light and sweet. 
yeah, in they, a really genuine way. Yeah, they're diving into some, you know, again, really intense and very dark and yet just little things. And it's not shying away from that darkness. I mean, the way it finishes is just that notion of the seconds make us equals because it's just there. there's the reality of it. Like, this is happening. The, the animal's being put to sleep. And then the minutes make us realize he's long gone just like how how quickly it happens and it seems like an eternity and it is it. and yeah there's just that and there's that the sweetness of both of her voice and then the pedal steel just gives it this real kind of earthiness that's also you know i say soaring a lot but it has that too it's just a hell of a song yeah and when the the very short time we saw them perform they did have the horns live and it added such i I mean i'm kind of a sucker for horns in any band and i've thought that it brought a really nice element of kind of just making the sound different from another indie rock four piece you know what i mean absolutely and so this I don't know a good segue. Yeah, I mean, no. I, this every time I hear this song, it makes me tear up because it is so sweet, and it's like that—that's the gift of animals is that yeah. they don't live that long, and so you know it makes you appreciate every moment that you have with them. So, so we'll play this next, hopefully slightly less heartbreaking <laughs> song. It's called West Side. song is so expansive and it's i think where i kind of want to mention like how many of these songs are really long (laughs) like they're mostly over four minutes some of them are well over five minutes and this is one where it takes almost a minute for the lyrics to kick in and it kind of shocking how the album feels short but it's Mm -hmm. 10 songs they're mostly pretty long Mm -hmm. a lot of them take their time going there's lots of pauses there's these long instrumental breaks and yet some other able to it doesn't feel self-indulgent and that's kind of amazing and this is f- for sure an example of that where i had 
ever noticed that it took a minute to get going because it just it seems so natural like that's the natural amount of time that it's supposed to take and it also feels it has a feel of more of a traditional indie pop record but it actually is very unstructured and kind of experimental in some ways and like this song is really kind of a long instrumental jam with some lyrics over it you yeah know? it's these but the very psychedelic very, guitars yeah and then the lyrics are not in a conventional structure they're just kind of you know there's some verses that we never that don't ever repeat like there's no chorus there's not really a bridge and it shifts key at the end and well yeah well it's like what i feels like should be the bridge but then the song just sort of ends so it's like usually the bridge is sort of a break in the middle and here's this thing stuck at the end although it just their grasp of harmony like where these they go in these just unexpected directions and then it just has that great lyric of i'm always far from home i'm never far from hell Mm -hmm. and that sounds so overwrought but they're able to pull it off and it's kind of amazing and the entire song just it shouldn't work Mm -hmm. and yeah that and you you know it's another one no real choruses but then the verses just become increasingly different like just taking these left turns instrumentally and vocally and just oh this verse is just going to start repeating itself within its own structure it's Mm -hmm. just very puzzling and yeah that it's as poppy and catchy a record for as an experimental record is is kind of amazing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the next song is a little bit more structured or a little bit less unpredictable, and it's called Control. a song that is has a much more sort of almost country feel to it it's i know that i have heard the band described elsewhere as post country or that's how they describe themselves which i don't think is accurate i mean i think when you're doing post anything it's kind of a (laughs) not a very useful term now but we've got the pedal steel and it's kind of a traditional strong song structure and it tells the story of kind of a dramatic event which i've read in an interview with Julia Steiner that it was a real-life incident where her four-year-old brother almost got hit by a train and her dad was able to pull him away at the last second and that made her dad believe in angels. And it, it and it's also a, it's a good example of the way that this the songs on this record, as we mentioned with Elvis in the Freezer, tell stories of things that kind of make you think about the big picture and 
what is important in life and what is what are the driving forces that determine life and death, but they're told in a very specific, detailed way that are relatable and that bring them that make them more grounded. Yeah, I would say yeah that it's it's you know the country aspect of this perhaps is you know even this talking about sort of the, how the countryside's been transformed. It's like oh these giant these dreams of giant machines sort of shaping the landscape, and one of those ways is obviously the trains and that notion of who's in control. That like oh these machines versus people and like we've sort of loosed these things that can destroy us and i think it's kind of hinting at those kinds of big questions without hitting us over the head with them which is really nice and yeah a little bit of pedal steel softens the blow and yeah that it's just that yeah that vision is very cool yeah and it reminded me a little bit of the um we had talked about the level up record that had the first track on it was hidden driver and it explores the same sort of notions of manifestations of whatever if you believe in god or like a controlling force that is controlling the events in our lives and like what is that force but without kind of like putting any face on it or descriptor it's just kind of like what is making these things happen like it seems like it's not random chance yeah so that you know who's in control and i did just want to say like one thing i found kind of interesting you said that it was a traditional song structure but then it has these the choruses are just kind of instrumental woo 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 and Mm. then what is sort of the bridge is also the chorus where they actually say who's in control, who's mm-hmm. con- in control, but it's in like a totally different uh, key. And it, so it's it's kind of merging the two roles in the song, whereas what's sort of acts like the chorus to me feels like a pre-chorus. And so it, even in that way, even as it feels kind of traditional, it's still, I think, messing with the strong tr- structures in a fun way. And from this sort of very earthbound big picture, I think it gets even up into the skies and really looking at the cosmic in this next song called Crying About the Planets.
consider this really the emotional centerpiece of the album because it actualizes in a very interesting way one of the later lyrics in Wandered, which is rock and roll is my escape. And it, it creates this really spare vision of this hopeless sort of feeling. And then there's a crazy rock jam that kind of pulls it out of that. And, you know, on a grand scale, that that's sort of what it is, I think, as a piece of art on this record. But literally, it's about Douglas Mawson, who is an Australian explorer in the Antarctic, or sorry, Antarctica, who is widely considered one of the most to have one of the most dramatic survival stories ever where he got lost with a companion they survived by eating their sled dogs one by one his companion went crazy and like eventually started having seizures and died and Mawson continued on by himself and at one point he fell into a crevasse and was suspended by the harness in his sled and he was able to climb back up finally made his way out they found it turns out later that husky liver has really high vitamin a that can cause neurotoxicity that affects your mind so that's probably what happened to the other guy but anyway it's this telling the story of just being alone in this vast expanse of ice and never knowing if you're going to make it home and this title crying about the planets is such a great way to capture that feeling of hopelessness like you're just crying about everything like everything is wrong and there's there's no way to fix it yeah that sense of you have to give up and Mm -hmm. that just yeah in fact we i don't know that we actually heard that part but there's that bit of just like every last or no we do we did hear that just every last one of them is gone Mm -hmm. it's just kind of this repeated and that's kind of as the song kind of gets to its conclusion and it gets so huge i'm really enjoy like here we are roughly the half halfway point of the album and now it starts off as kind of this rock and maybe a little country-ish sound and here it's sort of here's the song that's incredibly long it's almost six minutes long starts off very spare and just sort of this you don't, you don't not quite sure what's happening and it just, but then it has these little just stings of just horrible bleakness like hell is frozen and it's relentless mm-hmm. and i you know again i think we talked about the how sweet her voice is but the lyrics are just so rich and dark and i never wore out their welcome and it's i never felt like they were trying too hard even though it's very artsy and very thought through Mm -hmm. and yet it still feels poppy and even this like this is a really long song and it feels long but it doesn't feel any longer than it needs to be and that it blows up in just this explosive um it's not quite shoegaze, but just the just the the driving guitars and really noisy and and like we only the, we only it was tough to find a piece of this song to play that kind of captured those parts of it. But it's much longer before we played in a way that really captures the spareness, and then it's much longer after we played where there's this long sort of as you said shoegazy guitar heavy jam out session. And and I like the fact that as I said at the beginning, I think it's that is what pulls her out of this hopeless feeling that is presented in the beginning of the song. And it's sort of like, that is what music, I think the statement is like, that is what music is for me. Yeah. Every last one of them is gone. Everyone last, every last one of them is dead, but she isn't, she's carrying on and this band is carrying on and it's just amazing. And this, in fact, the, I really enjoy this kind of middle section of the album where there's a bunch of songs that do get pretty loud and pretty kind of expansive, 
but I do also appreciate that then things start to wind down. And so it gets a little more quiet again on this next song we'll hear. It's called GM, which stands for good morning. Just like GN is good night. Symmetry is beautiful. hear all of the complicated guitar sounds that we heard go away we end up with just this very simple kind of almost acoustic sounding guitar and then some strings and then synth comes in and so it's just even here at the end of the album it's get, becomes more stripped down and yet still some surprises and still structurally it's like first chorus first chorus but each chorus has complete different lyrics and they all tell this kind of lovely life on the road story and it all feels very grounded and very sweet and it's just so many different flavors that this band is exploring and everyone they're able to pull off and yeah i yeah every song making (laughs) making me ashamed for not listening to more of that live set but um my mission is accomplished your mission is accomplished absolutely no this is fantastic um yeah very impressive and it's just their second album right so more to come yep fingers crossed and maybe a west coast tour yeah yeah no, I loved it. I, you know, there even the songs that we didn't play, I really enjoyed. They're all very simple on the surface and easy to listen to and easy to overlook. Unfortunately, I think, but if you sit and spend time with them, yeah. they're very complex yeah, and there's a lot so of interesting re- things. So re-listenable. Going on. Yeah, yeah, and the I think this record is like eight bucks on Bandcamp. They have a Bandcamp page, so just go get it and listen to the whole thing. The song that we're gonna go out with is called "Peter the Wild Boy," and it's another sort of expansive experimental sounding song and it's an interesting one to go out with it's um the i mean it is the last song on the record and it's about a 
person who was, I think, found about 12 years old and he was a do- in eighteen in the 18th century and he was just like living alone in the forest. They think he now have been like may have been like abandoned by his family because he was developmentally disabled. But he was adopted by King the court of King George as sort of like this human pet. And he was known as Peter the Wild Boy and everyone thought he was really great. And so this story, this song kind of tells the story of looking through his eyes. And um, so we'll go out with that. We've been talking about GN by Rap Boys, their second record, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. And how many lives does it take to ruin a single one? I once learned of a boy, he couldn't sing at all, yet he knew every Sure.